0: This trip was brought to you by a good friends at CoinKite. CoinKite's here; they build the best Bitcoin hardware in the space. I'm rubbing my block clock right now. Have you ever rubbed your block clock, Logan? Oh, no, I'm not weird. Yeah, it doesn't feel great. It's not a rubbing product; it's a looking product. You look at it; it gives you great stats on the Bitcoin network. You set it up; it's a beautiful, aesthetically pleasing piece of hardware keeps you updated on what's going on in Bitcoin. That's just one thing. That's just like the fun things that CoinKite makes. They're very fun. They're very cool. They also make the best security hardware in the Bitcoin space. Their wallets, the MK4, and the Q1 both come with two secure elements. Uh, Both are NFC-enabled. Both allow you to create private public key pairs offline in an air-gap fashion so your private keys never touch the internet. You can add entropy. To your private key with dice rolls as well with both products a bit different mk4 looks like a little calculator the q1 is a full keyboard device with a bigger screen uh, qr scanning capabilities uh, and it has a battery pack as well again the most secure hardware on the market allows you to create your private public keys in an air gap fashion it's the best way to do it adding entropy to it as well eliminate single points of failure cold card Helps you do that with their hardware by keeping your stuff offline. They also have the SATS card, the tap signer, the SATS chip, a bunch of things. Go check it out at Coinkite.com. Try RHR. Just try it. Tell me what happens. Nobody's told us. Logan, have you tried it? Uh, I have not. Have you tried it? I have not. Maybe it's on me. Maybe I should go try it. This trip was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained. We talked about them in this episode. They're doing it the right way. They're a financial institution of the future, building their whole company off of Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties. They have their Vault product, which is a 2 or 3 multi-sig, in which you hold two keys. Unchained holds one. Since you have those two keys, you control your Bitcoin. You can move it whenever you see fit. If you're ever in a pinch and need unchained to be the second in the two or three multi-sig quorum the second signature they're there for you Uh, they have the trading desk where if you buy bitcoin through their trading desk it goes straight to that vault that you set up so there's no pulling out keys wallets addresses you buy bitcoin it goes straight to your multi-sig cold storage vault single points of failure are eliminated in that model unchained never holds the bitcoin you don't buy on unchained it sits on exchange no you buy it goes straight to your multi-sig cold storage whether you're an individual, high net worth individual, a family office, an institution, a sovereign wealth fund, looking to buy Bitcoin, hit up Unchained Trading Desk. Go to unchained.com slash trading to check it out and enjoy this rip of Rabbit Hole Recap.
1: You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. When you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, All all the central banks going nuts.
2: So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the
1: world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor.
3: I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin.
1: If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. probably
2: should be. 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 Did you see that picture of Mashinsky today? That was AI generated. I can't believe you fell for it. I thought it was, That was definitely... Okay, looked like, look, it looked
4: like he spent he five years terrible. in prison already.
2: I thought it was a mid journey. I use mid journey. I heard you saying that you do. Like that looked like a mid journey to me. Yeah. Because he hope. was already in court. They didn't take him right to court. Yeah, I don't know. Did they? Sometimes yeah. they do. Like they arrest Isn't him and they arraign him like, on the same in day. No. Right into the
4: jumpsuit.
2: That's true. <laughs> All right. That's fair. That's totally fair. You're right. They, why is he wearing orange? He wouldn't be yeah. wearing
4: orange. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> fuck I'm gonna get rugged by AI images a lot aren't I in life oh yeah it's already happening I mean it happened to that. I sent that I sent that to well, no, we were on a call I was like, Look how bad Matt was. and
5: I were on a call once and he was like juxtaposing Bitcoin to WorldCoin and he like shared a picture with the people on the call with us and I had to like DM a person I was like dude that's mid-journey that's not simple. So
4: <laughs>
1: dude it's hard it's hard out there we live in a post-truth world uh, Tom are we recording right now nice
2: Alright, cool
1: um, You believe so, are we? Yeah, good to go. Have we been recording? Uh, for minutes, nice <laughs> Should we get this show started? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we already started it, so
5: yeah. What is up, freaks? What's up? Yo, let's go <laughs> He looks What's at up? me <laughs> Freaks <laughs> Alright, this is a uh, Matt Ninja launched this live show on us We don't have a list we don't have anything. We're talking about the news. We're talking about scammers because Ripple, Alex, Thorne. We're, we're sandwiching two Alexes here: Alex Berg and Alex Thorne. And we got Vivek to my
1: right. We got we got two Alexes and a Vivek. Will the Alexes take over the Bens? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's enough. Worry of about this. the Peters.
3: There's a lot
5: of Bens. Uh, yeah. I know. Alex Thorne. We've been talking about this today. What happened with Ripple? Yeah. Alex also
4: machinski Wait, wait. Uh. First
1: of all, we're at Bitcoin Park in Nashville. Day one of Lightning Summit's over. All right. Well, the the day is over, but the night is about to begin. Um, yeah, this is the pregame. Did you guys enjoy yourselves?
5: I had a good time. Yeah. Great that time. was yes, awesome. Sir. A lot of good content. was able to record a podcast downstairs next door. You guys are doing something incredible here. It's a lot of fun. Vibes high.
2: Is this your first time here? First time? Yeah. Thorn. No, I was here for the mining summit a couple months ago. Also very high signal. Excellent. And
4: Vivix moving here. I think the most bullish thing uh, out of this sorry, most bullish thing out of this right now is the quality of uh, Bitcoin gear that's uh going through the roof. Those Mutiny shirts are Oh yeah. like uh up there with the greatest Bitcoin gear I've I've, I've seen. It's just me shillings. So I can get one. Life was better. <laughs> Life was
5: better before the smoking ban and the community team were made understands
3: by Lightning store, yeah.
5: And the signal here, I saw you tweet out earlier. There's a bunch of people in spaces talking about Bitcoin yeah, broken.
4: Yeah. Yeah. We had a bit of a sideshow uh, happening on, on Twitter space between uh, uh, the wizards. Um, and uh, no wizards it was a bit of uh, 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 collection of malcontents, uh, literally. Discussing Bitcoin development being stalled. What was it? Uh, Broken, broken, broken. So, I I guess all of you guys here, the hundreds of people, can uh, vouch to that. Uh, You guys can just pack up. Um, We're done here. We're just gonna have go drunk and uh, go get drunk on the rooftop, and uh, that's the end of the story.
3: Was it the clown wizards or the the wizards (laughs) we think of as like Sipa and like? Have you seen Sipa
4: on the on Spaces? (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh okay
5: <laughs> what do we think of the clown wizards? i haven't been paying attention to them are they just antagonists do they have any good points
4: i haven't i haven't heard one uh and i find it very extremely funny that uh udi is uh out there lashing out at bitcoiners calling them podcasters but he's turned into a spacer <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's fair i mean you you often become the thing you criticize i think in life um I don't know. I, I think it. I like the. I think it mixes it up. I mean, I think it's kind of interesting. I don't like, like own trade ordinals or anything. But like, I I think it created a an interesting conversation, and that's what it's all about, dude. I mean, you know, whether it'll stick around and have legs in any way that is long term interesting, I don't know. But like, um, it's good for miners.
4: Well, it'd be one thing. Like, I don't mind the ordinals myself. Really, that's a side show that I never really cared to follow, but. Um, they're they're really trying to define the, a, a different narrative here, paint something where, like, uh, kind of like getting all the affinity scammers together and uh, trying to so like really like, like Udi has been talking about that where he's going he's he's trying to do Bitcoin 2.0 with like uh, uh, the new lead devs are going to be um, uh, the stacks guy uh, and I think uh, we've got a new implementation coming. From Paul at uh drive chains. So
1: and I did Paul take S
4: V money?
3: Yeah, yeah. They have uh, layer two labs or whatever now. And right?
1: they took but they took Calvin Air money, right?
3: Oh, oh sorry, I oh. meant like VC money. I d I don't know specifics about yeah, I I is it. Air or Roger Silicon Vare?
1: Valley is also no, he had a there was like this weird tweet that went out from Layer Two Labs like two days ago or whatever. It was like the greatest oh, no, innovations. Was,
4: uh, they were trolling. Apparently they were trolling. They're uh their marketing guy is still uh, learning the ropes. <laughs> it's
1: too close to reality. That one really. I just assumed. I assumed they took the money.
4: <laughs> well, they took someone's money, but they uh, their their investor was so confident in them that they never uh, went public about it. Huge vouch of confidence here. <laughs> so,
5: news of the day. This is a Bitcoin podcast, but I think we have to touch on the Shitcoin stuff. Alex Thorne and I have been talking about it all day. The not all
2: day, but resident on and off Shitcoin analyst.
5: Yeah, well, I think you do have unique uh, perspective on what's going on with the Ripple case. Yeah. So is
2: XRP the standard now? Yeah. Uh, oh no. Um, so right, the SEC sued Ripple like it was like Jay Clayton's like exit move, right? Remember, it was like I think December twenty twenty. We were euphoric on Clubhouse, I remember, um, for offering unregistered securities, namely XRP, right, which was mostly sold by Ripple Labs to the public through, sometimes through intermediaries, right, programmatically, right? They have a schedule every quarter. I don't know what their finances look like, but I assume that accounted for the vast majority of Ripple's revenue over the years, right, just selling XRP tokens. Um, So both sides had, like, these dueling summary judgment motions, and the judge today ruled on them. Like all cases, for the most part, it's like annoyingly nuanced. But the the headline is that the judge said that XRP tokens themselves are not securities, that there were some sales that Ripple did to institutional investors, that those sales, the offering, not the token, but the offering, those were securities and they weren't registered. So that the trial will go forth on that. Ripple is in jeopardy. With some fairly large amount of money theoretically at stake like, like we sold up hundreds of millions in that way so it could have it could have a bad outcome for ripple lab specifically still but on the other side basically said that like if you programmatically sell them then and they're not securities when they trade on the secondary markets coinbase immediately relisted xrp did it? Like yeah, an so you, hour after it came yeah, out, yeah, They had it ready. So, they had the button
4: ready. Huge yeah. win for Coinbase, though. Right. And
2: and like while we're here talking lightning all day, like the crypto altcoin complex absolutely mooned all day today. Like I mean, Bitcoin also hit like a yearly high. What are um, we at? We were at like thirty one seven five, maybe is oh. what we got to. I think it's like thirty one three, thirty one three right now. So is that a yearly um, high? I think 31.5 or so was the was the high before. So I think we, we you know, it's right around where it went to. But um I think this particularly all the other tokens the SEC has mentioned in their various lawsuits, like Solana and then you know whatever else, Matic, that, that they might be securities, all of them are just like up like 15 to 20 percent today on this news. I don't know, and it's pretty early and it's complex. Like I said, these rulings, you can like win while kind of losing, which is, appears to be kind of what happened to Ripple here. Um, or you can, like, win and not win the correct way. Like, I, I don't know how applicable the ruling here is going to be for other cases, right? Like, other other cases. It's going to be a case-by-case basis, but it is a loss for the SEC so far. So, Could be a pyrrhic victory for both sides here. Is there it's room go. for them to, uh, for the SEC to, to appeal the decision? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They probably will appeal. Um, this is just one district court. Like, it doesn't have jurisdiction over, say, the coinbase lawsuit or these other ones in other jurisdictions right so the appeal goes to the second circuit like if they overturn the ruling or um but again it's like this isn't the actual case this is a narrow summary judgment thing so like like there's all it's just like it's complicated but yes there can be an appeal almost do certainly really will be care no <laughs> i just think it's
5: interesting they, i really
1: do not give a shit <laughs> am i being offensive no no. Like Alex, thank you for your thoughtful oh, no, yeah. breakdown. Anytime, anytime. Thank you. Can we talk about something else? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about this week. Lightning.
5: What do <laughs> you? Would uh, you guys like for? I mean, <laughs> if you got here Tuesday, we have Bit Devs. We had the open house last night. All the uh, <laughs> all the um, panels and discussions today. Like, what'd you guys get out of this? Is lightning dead?
1: I mean, I think Evan's announcement is massive, the Zeus announcement that, you know, Zeus has for the longest time been pretty much the, the only place in town to easily interact with your node at home. Um, but the friction point was that you needed a remote node in the first place. So this idea that you can just launch Zeus and, and it gives you two prompts and it's like connect to an existing node or create a new wallet. And that if you press create a new wallet, you don't need a remote node. You don't need to deal with channel management. I, I mean, I think that is fucking huge. Yeah. It was a long time Zeus user connected
5: to my own node. I think I'm going to keep it connected just because <laughs> of the uh, the connection I have with my node. You got a
1: good thing going, But the nice thing is that you can seamlessly switch between the onboard embedded node and any of your remote connections. That wasn't on the microphone, but he said the cool thing is you can seamlessly switch between your onboard embedded node and the remote connection. <laughs>
2: Um, Zeus also, with the excellent payment flow at PubKey NYC that I've used, recommend that.
4: Yeah, I'm going to shill uh, Mutiny again. Um, and I think, specifically, what's promising to me, and this is something that I'm seeing uh, across the board, is the ability for great teams to uh, be able to monetize uh, wallet products. Uh, this is something that uh, has been an issue throughout Bitcoin's history for wallet creators um but there are now clear technological pathways towards uh those teams earning like turning into sometimes i hate to say the word but uh turning into literal uh, literally like financial providers in terms of like uh creating contextual um co-cooperative co- um use cases where uh you know, other people are doing that with probably miniscript and social recovery stuff. The guys at Wizard Sardine, I know this is not Lightning specific, but generally to have great themes with solid pathway towards monetization uh, creates an uh, extremely bullish environment, I think, for wallet creators and is going to just increase uh, and bring innovation in that regard to a whole new level.
1: Yeah, I mean, particularly without... Just slapping a KYC exchange integration and yeah, yeah, yeah. taking 1%. Credit card.
4: Yeah. Credit card purchases. Like actual SATs flow. Yeah. Absolute. Subscription model. That's extremely interesting. How's it been today, boys? A
5: thousand channels. A thousand channels. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Mempools are never going to clear again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. They might clear like in the next few weeks. I'm gonna win that bet. Not mutiny's is gonna keep pumping channels out.
3: <laughs> splicing, Matt, watch out. Oh yeah, the Phoenix oh, yeah. news was huge.
4: Yeah, I think that was the the biggest uh to me unfortunately for, for people here, the biggest announcement this week, uh and on it's it's it sucks that they're not here, but uh, the guys at Phoenix releasing this new generation of Bitcoin wallet with slicing uh splicing baked in. Um yeah. It, there's no more excuses, people, for wallets, wallet of Satoshi. Um, really, like, we got to start steering people in the right direction. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that the guys at Phoenix, who have already all, always kind of like pushed the needle in that regard, um, are, are making that happen. And hopefully, all of you guys follow suit.
5: Well, that like it's sort of just. Front run, front run, everybody, right? Yeah. Like Everybody's expecting yeah, yeah. Core Lightning to be the first, and then they were just like, oh, we got it. And so. Well,
3: well, Dusty technically had the first splice, and that's what he's very proud of. Like, he has a transaction, he could point to the script, but Phoenix actually shipped it as a product. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that plays a big part of seeing usage in the network, you know?
5: Yeah. So. And so, obviously, we talked about it here this week, but this will be broadcast out to everybody via the podcasting networks and YouTube. So for anybody at home who doesn't understand the gravity of adding splicing to Phoenix and Async, what's that going to do for Lightning wallets moving forward?
3: And technically, I believe Phoenix is also the first to have Async payments, uh, not like from a spec perspective that they're trying to do in the bolts, like that LDK is working on, like the Async receive an async sense. But I believe Phoenix already had it. And async is basically where um, the node is waking up the phone, like the wallet or the app or whatever, telling it that it needs to send or receive a payment and then completing the flow. And uh, that's because you don't want to tie up all the liquidity along like an actual lightning route. Otherwise, uh, you know, just the opportunity cost of capital for all those nodes along the route, they're not being fairly compensated. Like let's say if I had like an escrow service with Evan and we just escrow money for a month and like Evan doesn't get to make any nice LSP money with Zeus.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think it, it has as much as a, of an impact on, uh, on uh, operators that it does on users. Obviously from the user perspective, makes for just much smoother onboarding. You don't have to explain why they got rugged of so many sats the moment that they funded the wallet. Uh, but also for operators, you know, I think that's where like the biggest game changer is because like it it just makes it, I think, a lot uh, easier for them not to accidentally go bankrupt trying to manage all that liquidity, which is, uh, uh, is going to be one of the biggest, I, I feel, research field. Um, someone, I think, yesterday or the other day where I was asking if, how I was going on the LSP side in terms of like uh, profitability. And the, I don't remember that anyone had any clear answer, which was kind of like a little concerning. But uh, I think like more technology like that is just going to uh, make it much more actionable to uh, squeeze out the sats and uh, make sure that uh, they can operate a profitable business doing that.
3: It's a little interesting because they said LSP and they like to use a lot of analogies, like ISPs and providing bandwidth. But if you reflect on like the '90s and 2000s, there was a lot of consolidation in ISPs. It wasn't a, a happy thing to be an ISP in the end, unless you were like Verizon, I guess. The final winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do
5: you think? Do you think Phoenix's move sort of lights the fire under ass The core lightning in ldk to get this implemented
3: they were gonna do it anyway uh i think now it just looks like they need to get it polished very nice and like presentable like in the phoenix wallet uh i think cln still like they might have it on their node but it's gonna be difficult for users until like Let's say an app comes out that uses it, like let's say it's uh, clams with runes or whatever. And then on the LDK side, uh, you know, once they come out with the splices, I'm sure the meaty guys will eat it up, and we'll have like some other some other application that uses it. But because both those are impulses, we're gonna have to wait. That's the beauty of uh, async yeah. or async because they're Phoenix, it's like one verticalized thing. They could quickly ship yeah. their implementation and the app and like all the libraries.
1: They've always been a special beast in the Lightning space because they're just extremely user-focused, specifically on mobile, specifically on Phoenix Wallet. Yeah,
4: and I think it still sounds like still a small team, small-ish team yeah. to this day, so like they really, like, there's no... It doesn't sound like there's a lot of overhead. They just execute. And... L&D is not prioritizing splicing
3: Splice right Well, I wouldn't say that they're not prioritizing. I believe there's a guy named Eugene who is, like, contributing or working towards it with uh, Dusty. And then on the LDK side, I believe it's Jeff and uh, also um, Duncan, yeah. And then, so, yeah, like, people, people are, like, dedicating resources to it, but... Are we going to see it in the way that we want with, like, a nice, final, packaged app? It's probably, like, a year. Two weeks. Two weeks, the uh, library's out.
5: <laughs> so what do we think about the, the overall broader, like, landscape of Lightning? Like, what part of the maturation process are we at in your mind?
4: Alex Berg. Um, that's a good one. I mean, I still... I think it's come such a long way um, and it makes a material improvement on, uh, I mean, it's been a material improvement for users. But again, um, I think my attention now is, as I was saying, switching to like operators and how they're able to um, run those kinds of things at scale, especially we've seen them bump into a lot of issues uh, during the the ordinal fee event. Um, And there are like, I mean, like you pointed out, Vivek, also, like it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic evolves where you have also a lot of very well-funded companies coming into uh, this game that potentially are able to operate uh, much more efficiently uh, in terms of managing all the liquidity. And does that squeeze out the lar- uh, the smaller players where you've got console- consolidation happening? Um, it seems like we've we've been trending towards like a hub-and-smoke model for, for a long while, which... Um which works uh to a certain extent um but if it becomes yeah I, it's a, it becomes a little concerning, especially with the status I think of like a lot of the uh, operators being unfortunately exposed to uh a regulate us regulatory uh, environment uh, I was not even like I, I was overhearing earlier conversation about like like money transmitting licenses and all of that uh, I was never exposed to those kinds of uh conversations with regards to you know, uh, lightning operations. So it seems like there's going to be some uh, roadblocks ahead in that regard. And uh, hopefully hopefully, the larger entities don't get to actually also uh, benefit from, you know, uh, like regulatory buddy buddies. No, but the, the
1: MTL FUD, <laughs> and not all FUD is uh, necessarily misplaced FUD. I mean, FUD means fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Has I mean, that's been a shit corner talking point and like Bcash or talking point since like the dawn of lightning. I remember like we had consensus 2019 or whatever, where the RHR (laughs) node was stolen and put behind Tor was when all those a lot of the shit corners were talking about the MTL. I mean, I think
2: Coin Center wrote a blog about this literally like four years ago saying that it's not a money transmitter. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's been around forever, I think. But the the concept behind money transmission laws is like typical, you know, like a Western Union, right? You're literally handing money to someone and then you're trusting them in the interim and eventually they're delivering it. And so the the regulations are specifically there because the intermediary can rug you, which is not possible in Lightning.
1: Well, I mean… Look, never uh, deem anything. It, sh- it shouldn't be applicable. Corrupt regulators can always—they they always find a way. If it's they hard need to write, um, the,
2: the, the MTL regime is a state by state. I, w- I thing will say
1: too. there's two things, and and I use lightning every day. Um, uh, it's an honor and privilege to hold this lightning summit, uh, but I see two troubling things with the lightning network currently. The first thing is we see these massive regulated companies. Um, that are becoming increasingly influential, enlightening. And a lot of times they have policies where they will not open channels with, with people they do not have any kind of relationship with, or maybe even they have legal agreements that we don't know about. Um, so you kind of see a bifurcation of, of the network to a degree in that situation. Um, and then the second thing is, while I'm cautiously optimistic about this idea that uh, Tor might add a proof of work element I've had a lot of concerns for a long time that it's just not built for an adversarial environment where the U S is your adversary. It's built for an environment where everyone's an adversary, except the U S government. And there's a very strong reliance on Tor in terms of sovereign lightning usage. And I, I, those are like probably my, the two main things that I'm watching in terms of actually, you know, freedom oriented lightning use.
3: I I think we're doing ourselves uh, an injustice by referring to lightning revenue as yield. I think that invites a lot of this scrutiny, and I try not to ever refer to it in those terms. I know certain people offer services where you could give them sats, and then they'll give you a return. I think that's fine to call yield, but then to say like, as a routing node operator, you make yield. Uh, we'll invite a lot of uh, these sorts of conversations that are probably not ideal because the people that will make the rulings on it don't really understand it. So it's just opening up a can of worms we're not ready for quite yet. Should we use revenue?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, just revenue, you know. I mean, it's just value for service, right? It's, yeah. not, it's
4: not like <laughs> earning yield. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a financial instrument. Right, right. You yeah, yeah,
2: like run a gas entry. station, you're not earning yield. Exactly. It's software that you're operating.
5: Matt, to your second point there about Tor, is something like
1: using like a tap root, channel open, does it well, the the problem is is like if we talk about a true adversary environment, and maybe it doesn't happen. But if you talk about a true adversarial environment where Lightning node operators, specifically larger Lightning node operators are targeted, um, protecting that IP address about where your node is located becomes a concern. I I like half trolling uh, our wonderful participants here uh, outside of the sessions talking about the use of wallet of Satoshi on Nostr. I say half trolling because... Uh, while the Satoshi is going to rug a lot of fucking people, whether that's shotgun KYC or loss of funds. Um, but I, there was one participant here that said, oh, I actually have a self-custody lightning address, um, but I use my Wilder Satoshi lightning address because I don't want to dox my home node. And that's the core of the issue. Right. And and if you don't use ClearNet, if you use Tor, you you are at a significant disadvantage compared to other routing nodes. Um, in terms of uptime and reliability. P- people use proxies and stuff.
3: There's ways around it. Um, yeah, but
1: where are you proxying to? You're proxying, proxying to a- AWS or something, You'll go to MoFad, right? you'll go
3: to like, uh, what's it called, uh, Proton or someone. Like, they're, they're, it's not perfect, but there there are ways around it. Like if TOR is like latency and like the censorship resistance part is like a fear. Uh, I don't think like we should ever commit to one. Like, I think we should kind of have like a bunch. Uh, Although, like, someone was recently telling me I2P is a shit coin. Like, there's some vulnerabilities or something. I don't know if it was, like, that floppy disk guy.
1: I just feel something.
0: like I, I, don't, <laughs> I
1: don't have the technical chops to evaluate I2P, but I just feel like it's been hyped for a decade, and I've just never really seen any adoption.
3: Well, like I said, like, the more networks, the better if, like, we use a proxy, and we have Tor, and then uh, we have a clear node, and, like, a library in a city we don't go to often. <laughs> like, you know, we can figure it out. Like, there's, there's ways around just uh, making Tor be, like, the end-all. And it's not the end of
1: the world if certain jurisdictions have, like, a ridiculous adversarial environment on Lightning. You can just move to on-chain and pay your fee.
3: Or you could buy a SATS card and uh, do it off-chain. We're layer two also. Good <laughs> chill. Good chill. <laughs> so,
5: all that aside, let's run, let's run with the assumption that like, this is going to get adopted. We had the conversation on the AI panel uh, a couple hours ago that a lot of people think B2B is going to be the adoption path for Lightning because not enough individuals have Bitcoin yet. How do you guys see like, the network evolving from an adoption perspective? You, do you agree with that that assumption that'll it be B two B
3: initially? I uh, I have a weird opinion on this. Uh, I tend to heavily skew and bias towards gaming. I want to see Zebedee extremely successful. I want to see Thunder Games extremely successful. Uh, I see that demographic as perfect because they're not programmed to what a savings or checking's account is. Uh, they don't really care about Bitcoin either. They'll they'll get their Taco Bell and uh, Xbox Live gift card happily through Bitcoin as like an entrance to it. And uh, getting paid for it versus paying for it, I think is very powerful for the onboarding. Uh, B2B to your question concerns me significantly because you're gonna have to make sure you don't have a uh, revenue concentration and also uh, the people that you're working with make it through this uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like bear market, not only in Bitcoin, but like the macro headwinds and everything, you know, like it's scary to me to have like B2B clients that you don't know if they'll be around like in a year or two. And then after that, they you have to like renege the contracts and after you have to like sell uh, at a discount, you know, it's just like everyone's a little hurting right now.
1: But I mean, to the gaming side, I would add, I would add Noster to that bucket. Definitely. Um, because it's not, you're not like buying, you're not buying Bitcoin. You're, you're, you're interacting with your social media addiction that you already have anyway. And some stranger is, is sending you sats. Um, it's a very, it's a very uh, easy entry point for a lot of people. And we've already seen on Noster, uh, they passed a million Bitcoin transactions and it's still relatively in its infancy. Um, on the B2B side, I think Lightning has already proven product market fit. I think Lightning is actually used the way uh, Liquid was proposed to be used. And you see uh, exchanges like Binance come in um, and they decide that they're going to think about Lightning. And, Allegedly. Yeah, but still, like those channels were, you know, one Bitcoin, five Bitcoin channels between them and Kraken or them and Bitfinex, right? And that's that's a very easy um Like I, I think Lightning has proven itself as 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 that medium between two exchanges trying to trade with each other. They don't need to trust a federation. They just they create a two of two multisig between the two of them, and they have this channel, and they have some kind of business relationship as well. So it's not even like they're just trusting on-chain settlement guarantees. What if they
2: trade with each other a lot too? The channel's balancing is going to be better. Self balance, like yeah. In fact, we we looked. That's when we were doing a Lightning project looking at Evan here too, remember we, we met and worked on this briefly as this exact use case like two years ago of could Galaxy and Kraken settle over lightning. We did on testnet, net basically. Um, I, Cause I always thought that also at the time too, the, the obviously the tools were much less mature than they are for channel management and, and whatnot too. So we were like the bi-directional payment problem is, pretty solved if we have bi-directional flow on an ongoing basis.
1: It's a little bit interesting because it's the same protocol. It's the same lightning protocol, but really it's, it's, it almost should be considered two different products. Like I almost feel like it's like sovereign lightning, end user lightning is almost a completely different product in terms of product market fit than two regulated entities with a business relationship, exchanging funds with each other, even though they're using the same protocol.
4: Yeah, I mean something interesting is that it just like just allows liquidity to flow between those places um extremely quickly. And I remember having a short conversation with um Nicholas of uh of Blink. And he was uh, we, I was discussing the uh their stable sets um implementation. I think they were something they were thinking about, which hasn't been implemented, I believe, yet, but is the ability to sort of like um dynamically manage the amount of reserve you have if you're operating uh a stable sats so like uh uh synthetic usd um and deciding from one moment to another how much like leverage you're trying to use but if in 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 the event of a price action in in the event of a severe price action uh, one way or another Using Lightning, you're able to much quick, much more quickly be able to you know add reserves to your account, which I thought was super interesting.
5: Yeah, and then in terms of adoption, I mean, since this is a weekly news topical show, I think we should mention Lightning Labs uh, releasing. I mean, L four hundred two has been out there for a while, but Aperture and Lang Chain implementation, like that's something I've been thinking a lot about. This like what like what are the machines adopt Lightning in mass before?
1: The humans do. It's rebranded LSATs, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, so I talked to Ryan (laughs) today. Apparently, they got a cease and desist from, like, L's, like the the like wall SATs,
1: yeah, the LSATs. <laughs> I will say, as a domain hoarder, so, so they lost uh, Taro
3: and LSATs. This, yeah. is, this is just mean. Stop picking on L and D. As as a domain
1: hoarder, uh, <laughs> when when SATs started to be when it started to become obvious that SATs were the standard, it made it really difficult that the SATs existed because all those domains are already taken.
2: Yeah, but what do we think about like? machines adopting I lightning love and machine to machine payments as a concept here I think lightning could be great for that I think AI could absolutely operate a lightning node pretty well I think the amount of like research you can do to map the topography of the network using like machine learning tools could be a really big thing to do and I also like it's not just like AI but if you think about like a future with like Waymo cars or like automated vehicles and stuff like Sure, like, I mean, they're going to probably be using, like, Stripe or something for a while, but, like, a direct, quick micropayment seems like a very, very clear need for an automated, yeah. uh... oops. But Paul brought this up in the panel. I never thought of this, like,
5: for an AI company that doesn't want others to know that they're building their models, like, being able to pay privately over the Lightning Network is a big value add, so... Yeah. There may be like a, a forced incentive for them to adopt it.
1: I just want to say, fuck Waymo. I'm going to continue to drive myself. <laughs> are you going to put those, uh, well, me too, but are you going to yeah. put, you see they put the cones No chip, them? no pod, no bugs, no, no check, drive my own vehicle. No Waymo. <laughs> do,
3: you, do you even have a horse, uh, Matt? <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you don't have a horse, are you even a Bitcoiner?
4: <laughs> <laughs> so the, the thing with the machine to machine, the big question mark for me f- for that type of use case is actually if like Lightning can actually handle that in a cheap way. Because uh, we know that like down the line, like lightning fees at the end of the day are going to be like a function of like the, the on-chain fees. And as they continue to, well, hopefully continue to rise, um, like the amount of volume that we're potentially talking about in terms of like machine to machine and like API call payments. Um, it's, not, it's not clear to me that it becomes e- economical at one point to have those uh, uh, directly. So there might be like, and I haven't looked at uh, that in a while. So, you know, there might be ways to implement that in, in uh, to make it much more efficient and, and perhaps restrict the uh, the amount of con- counterparties that are involved. so maybe perhaps it's not global, doesn't have to go through uh, as much as big as a route, but um, it's going to be interesting to see um, yeah just generally how lightning fees uh, evolve along with um, with bitcoin uh, fees perhaps during like the next cycle or something.
1: Alex, I'm I'm interested in your opinion. Marty's on the record saying mempools will always clear at some point. Um do you believe that'll be the case? Always, no.
4: Yeah, at, at eventually at some point they will always clear. Always eventually.
0: Yeah.
4: I think I mean I, I wouldn't want that to happen. Uh like there's I in the in the event like in the context of like a a hyper bitcoinized world where we are actually relying uh 100% on, on fees for uh, the security budget, which is a term I'm not a big fan of, but uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, you, when you start emptying, when the mempool starts getting empty, uh, then you invite like uh, the like sniping attacks and uh, potential risk in terms of like reorgs, because you need this constant uh, flow of transactions in the main main pool uh, in the mempool to incentivize. Uh, miners obviously to continue progressing the chain um, but if uh, one blocks get five BTC of rewards and the next one uh, gets half a BTC um, that could turn into incentive issues so I'm, I'm really hoping I honestly I, I think there comes a point where no it, it literally it never clears and it starts actually just consolidating and the uh, the, the fee amounts that's I think you're going to have more uniformity also in the mempool in terms of like uh, the fee amount per transactions. Uh, so looking forward to see how this plays out, though. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so I love you.
5: <laughs> no, before, I mean, I think Seg would prove this, too. Like, I think we hit these natural limits of what we can do on-chain, and then the development community gets creative. We solve that fee pressure, it dies down, and then demand grows on top of that, hit the limit again. That's my theory. Always, eventually.
3: It's all a psyop, Matt. You know, these aren't real transactions. This is Jihan waiting for some new Bitcoin fork to propose.
4: (laughs) I mean, I will say that, um, like this old fee event, um, although, you know, I'm not willing to concede the idea that uh, Ordinals sort of kickstart this this sort of building um, uh, momentum across the Bitcoin uh, ecosystem, uh, it's certainly the case that I think the the fee event that resulted from that uh, certainly I think brought a lot of people within the Bitcoin community so like back to the drawing boards, double checking their assumptions about like what systems they were building and I think that was hugely beneficial and uh, we also got like kind of lit a fire in terms of like okay well you know Perhaps we've and I've I've been sort of like having this talk here uh this week, which is funny because it's you know, a lightning focus summit. Um, but I think it also sort of like incentivize people to look uh beyond Lightning and be like, okay, like maybe we need to add uh tools to our uh, toolkit because uh there are there are questions or like there are use cases, there are things that lightning alone cannot address by itself.
1: I mean you mentioned ordinals. I just wanted to say like unequivocally unequivocally the stacks guys are disingenuous scammers and i have a feeling it's going to be a problem this next cycle that's it's just a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money and they are so intertwined with the ordinals movement right now that if there was like any good faith aspect of inscriptions and ordinals it's it's, there's there's no shot in my mind anymore i I feel like everyone's everyone in that space now is just completely complicit with the stack scam which is a forever ico uh that registered as a security with the sec and has a massive fucking pre-mine and they will just constantly say this next cycle that they are bitcoin that they're building on bitcoin they call their conferences like building on bitcoin conferences they name their uh you know, they're they're staking pre they're staking ICO forever model mining, so that when you call out Muneeb on it, Muneeb says, "Oh, what? You have a problem with mining?" It's like you just made that fucking up. But he'll just gaslight you to the end of the fucking day. And I think it's going to become a bigger issue this next cycle. And uh, and then it'll probably it'll be a flash in the pan. The thing will fucking blow the fuck up, and a lot of people will be hurt. But I'm already
3: that it's it's so tiresome meme about that ahead of time preemptively exhausted it's been tiresome since january 2020 they said they have a million users i remember well that
5: that dives into a good question like who's going to get rugged harder, wall street or people that get into the stacks maybe it's the same (laughs) well i mean that's the big meme on wall street if you're looking at like institutional investors they're really or not even institutional investors like wall street investment banks are like tokenization is the future and they're looking to tokenize everything
3: well that's where it gets interesting where um i think you guys you and matt have like and maybe even alex have like a closer window into this like seeing how lps react over time you know like there are like headwinds and then they get really interested in something and they see all their peers get fucking burned and lose a shit ton of money and then they don't want to like touch that category at all they're like all right screw alternative investments of going to, like, oil and gas or something, you know? I mean, this, that
2: absolutely happened, right? Like, there was most of the spectacular blow-ups were big venture back companies, right? Like, the, the the one that always gets mentioned here is the Canadian Pension Fund. I forget, the Ontario Teachers or something like that, right? They were in, in FTS. Yeah, they were also in, I think, Celsius, Um so, I mean, yeah, and then obviously the rate environment makes like venture much less attractive overall. I mean, I think everyone is, you see that across the board in BC. I'm sure everyone yeah, does I venture. Mean, you've been tracking that pretty. Yeah, hard. and it's down bad. Like it's, I think, so, I mean, I, I agree. I think that's going to be a, continue to be a, a problem.
4: I, I think something that's working for us actually um, in, in sort of like an indirect way is the the, the AI hype uh, where a lot of venture money is actually going there. Like, um, oh, absolutely. I, I don't want like, uh, I, like, I don't want, To bring up the guy, but Eric Wall actually was uh, calling out uh, shitcoiners on uh, Twitter the other day saying like uh, a lot of you guys are just sad that like, you know, DeFi and and shitcoining is not the the cool hot thing anymore. It's AI. And it's going to be curious uh, to what extent, like if the AI trend persists. Uh, how much, like, what the VCs are going to do in terms of, allocations of uh, allocation of capital. It could be the case that there's a lot less allocated in, you know, whatever the next Ponzi is.
1: But you have to remember that uh, probably the most prominent figure in AI, Sam Altman also has a VC-backed yeah. cryptocurrency that scans the eyeballs of poor people around the world. Yeah, we
4: were, uh, a we of were talking of Scammer earlier. This guy is, like, climbing the ranks pretty quickly, I think. Huh?
3: Yeah, it's like... AI um, is too dangerous. It needs to be open source for everyone. This is what Fast he's forward, saying, too. AI is so dangerous, it needs to be limited to a
2: few. <laughs> he's like an evil genius, right? Because he's, like, the idea behind the World Coin is he calls, like, um, like proof of personhood. Yeah. Right, which is like the opposite of the AI problem. Like he's playing both he sides.
1: Built the AI problem Correct. and then had his premine like problem. Reaction solution. Right? Eye scanning. Yeah. Well, shitcoin. I take the contrarian view here. It seems like it's falling apart
5: because people are just selling their irises to other people, and they're like, ah, oh, we don't know how to fix this problem.
1: Like, wow. Well, they're they're just. Yeah, I mean, they're. Uh, when I first talked about that on RHR, I was a little bit incorrect. They are scanning their eyeballs. Um, receiving their WorldCoin credentials and then selling the credentials. They're not actually selling the eyeball scans. <laughs> I mean, if that nuance really fucking matters. You're killing someone's yeah. eyeball pimp.
2: Yeah. Um, They're gaming. It's just like that minority report. So by, right?
1: by
4: credentials, you mean uh, like their identity. Like the, wall, like yeah. the wallet. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, whole it, idea yeah. is identity, you scan
1: the yeah. eyeballs and you get a WorldCoin private key. right? That is your proof of personhood. Um, but people in poor areas are selling it to people that want to you know, to fake that, uh, for pennies on the dollar, they're selling it relatively cheap because they just need money to feed themselves. Um, I will say, uh, that we have a great group of, um, self-declared uh, accelerationist who flew in, uh, who drove in from Canada here at the lightning summit and, the the ideal acceleration of this timeline is that the blue checks are going to have to scan their eyeballs in order to keep their blue check. That would be <laughs> chef's kiss. Well, I,
5: If I, you go I, into the history of open AI, Elon does not like Sam Altman because he corrupted
2: what was supposed to be an open source system. So, joke's on you. I, I do think... <laughs> oh. An, another factor that's going to, I think, hope, hopefully inhibit the like VC Crypto pre mines uh, like scheme is is Ripple ruling, which, because that's basically the specific thing that Ripple actually lost on is pre selling tokens to institutional investors, which is what they started doing with those SAFT agreements after the ICO was declared illegal. Right. So, like, uh, they'll probably find an, another new way.
1: But the, but the part of the reason why this doesn't really matter is because, first of all, Ripple is, you know, a massive cog in the wheel of this like corrupt regulatory regime. I mean, they had Bill Clinton at their conference. Uh, ben Lofsky came out with FTX. The, oh, they they had no, Bill the Ripple, Ripple wave. I remember at that first before. And FTX. Ben Lofsky
2: was he worked there. He, he Losky, scrubbed it from his profile on LinkedIn. I think
1: he like he was on the board uh, of yeah, Ripple at one point after he came out with the bit license. Um, now he's on the board of NIDIC. Uh and so. But the point is, is like. First of all, I personally believe the SEC can go fuck themselves regardless. Uh, And then second of all, does this really matter when you have a scam like Stacks, which just went through the corrupt process to pre-register dumping on retail uh, and is operating with impunity anyway? And I think in this next cycle will be you know, an equivalent to a Cardano or a Solana or a, a Ripple in may, maybe previous cycles.
4: I, I would just want to say also that let, let us not underestimate the ability for Bitcoin to capture the sort of like technological mindshare in this next cycle. That's
5: exactly what I was just about to yeah. say because it feels like everything's reaching a point of maturation and something like L402, if that catches on in AI and you have a bunch I imagine the new crypto scams will be like tokenized AI projects and it's like no we don't actually need it you have the standard in
2: 402 that allows tokenized you tokenized AI them. products oh my god it's <laughs> <That's> like
5: <laughs> but no you already had Ralph Paul out can like, we erase oh, I, that I know, let's I, not I, give them I, ideas I, heard, I saw, <laughs> saw his thing yeah no yeah. I'm just saying
2: like damn
5: no but Alex I agree with you I think and we, we've had this debate many times over the last few months like or last few years I'm like I don't know if the next cycle of shitcoin is going to be as profound
1: as the last I mean to be clear here, uh, the the stacks people would tell you that they're building on Bitcoin, and I think that is a, a uh, deliberate attempt in this. In, I'm
5: not in really this worried scheme. about the stacks. Are they're working. At all? They're
4: working backwards. You know, they're building. They're they're building DeFi, which is so 2021. Uh, I don't feel like there's. You know, it's it it's it's been like the thesis that DeFi is kind of broken has been sort of validated throughout this bear market. I think there's a lot less appetite for that. Um, and so they're, the, the idea that like, they're going to push through, uh, they're going to have to come up with something else because they're just like, they're not building anything much different than other than the affinity, uh, the affinity scam of Bitcoin.
3: To go full circle, I talked to Hoddle about like, what's going to be the next big scam and it's going to be identity. Uh, and it goes back back to WorldCoin and like the Iris scam, like it goes back to, huh? And Blue, Blue checks, checks, yeah. Blue checks too. Goes back to uh, that identity standard from uh, CSU Wildcat, Blinking out on one it is. Dids, yeah. Yeah. The uh, then Carvalho has his slash tags and. CivKit. Yeah, CivKit as well. So there's yeah. a lot of contenders. Um, and I think the identity people will show up and then they'll just put a coin on it and retail will eat it up like I'm pretty sure retail will still be buying so the, BitTorrent tokens
2: this will be like, be like um, what was it like Civic Vinny Lingon yeah there, yeah, like, yeah. Like one of those.
3: very familiar with that yeah. guy like KYC for vending
4: machines free tokens that's what it was right yeah put your name <laughs> on the blockchain so you can buy a
5: Coke yeah
4: I mean, Vitalik's been broadcasting that idea, I think, for the last couple of years, right? Which is... Um, soul is, tokens or whatever. Is it, uh, soul tokens, yeah. I have no idea what this yeah, is. Soul
2: bound tokens. So, yeah, so, that's what that so fucking dark. Yeah, and I think you can actually <laughs> send them to people. So you can like dox people with them and they can never send them out of their wallet. That's how those work. They're they're immovable tokens.
1: But what about that... Uh, Arkham? Yeah, like Sam Altman's backing that too. Is he? Yeah. Is it really? This is you're talking about the doxing marketplace. Yeah,
4: paid <laughs> shitcoins to dox people. Yeah, yeah. on chain. Um, Founders Fund, I think, as well. Wow. Uh, allegedly,
5: Peter Thiel confuses the hell out of me. He plays. He's like, if you want to talk about somebody who takes superpositions? It's him. He's like, I'm going to build Palantir and the CBDC infrastructure, and then no, like Bitcoin's freedom money. I like that too. It's like <laughs>
3: we need freedom. We need anarchy. So I'm going to build <laughs> nuclear <laughs> weapons and a surveillance apparatus to get it for us. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty. It's pretty dark. Like what volunteer I mean, knows and everything, and then if they somehow integrate it to that, it's called Arkham, right? Yeah, yeah. It's- yeah Ar- so that, there was
4: there was literally an IAI rug right this week where like they're trying to literally uh, monetize doxing on chain.
2: Um, These are the my- guys that also, if you remember, there was like um, there was actual fud about government. Bitcoin's moving a couple months ago and it was just their platform sending out an alert erroneously about like <laughs> Gox coins moving or something and they didn't. Not Gox, no, like like 300,000 coins? coins or yeah, didn't, that didn't happen. <laughs> and that's that same company. So, I mean, it's not like a great track record. Also, I think their actual tagline is de-anonymizing the blockchain.
4: Yeah. And what's what's, pu- what's puzzling? Though, right? What's puzzling is that Black they're chains. Texas, they're Texas-based <laughs> well, company as well, and there's a there's a token, there's also a token that they did on uh, Binance Launchpad. So it's going to start being very sort of like uh, uh, curious uh, if they're not like in the crosshair of regulators. I would say and there's so some, maybe they're there's already some red in bed flags with there. Their, yeah, some yeah red flags. exactly.
2: Um, the other thing that I saw from them was. Um, Like, oh, I was going to say, like, this is, on the other hand, this is like accelerationism, right? Because the blockchain is not anonymous, right? Certainly, particularly Ethereum, which is like a privacy nightmare. Um, And so, like, they're just going to, like, what, like, carry this forth to the logical conclusion and, like, (laughs) dox everyone? Is that, they're they're probably going to collapse before they do that much of a success, I think, most likely. But
5: I've, I I honestly haven't dove into the Arkham stuff. I've seen a few tweets
0: about. Also,
2: isn't Arkham the. Insane, not the movie. Movie. So, yeah. from Batman. <laughs> yeah, some weird, some weird stuff going on, man. Um, I mean, this conversation has been great,
1: guys. Should we move to QA? I'm um, now, yep. Do Tom, you have a mic over there? If you raise your hand, Tom, our wonderful producer here at the park, will bring you a mic. Are the questions part of the recording or not? Yes, the questions are part of the recording
4: because how this are we, is an individual. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, Marty. Um, uh, Peter McCormack told
1: Biology that his uh, podcast with you was the greatest podcast he'd listened to.
2: Uh, biology suffered a lot of hate from the community you know, years ago, had to defend himself. Is Biology a Bitcoiner?
5: Yeah, I think he's definitely a Bitcoiner. Whether or not he's a maximalist is another question. Like um, we were saying, I talked about it on the panel earlier. I mean, love him or hate him. Uh, for me personally, like 21Co and the idea of the machine payable web was something back in 2015 that got me really excited. It was an idea. It was probably too early for its time.
4: Fell for that one Marty, also.
5: how much did you pay for
1: that paperweight? $400. <laughs> I, think um, right, was, I believe it was one Bitcoin. No, it was $400. I went back and looked. And what was the price of Bitcoin? I don't know.
5: You did not have to pay in Bitcoin. You could pay okay. a debit card. No, it didn't. It was probably around $400 at that point, but... Yeah, no, he's definitely a Bitcoiner. He gets it, I think. I mean, I want to speak on behalf of him, but it seems like with the banking crisis and the debt crisis that's been ongoing, it's really sort of become more pronounced in his mind, like, oh, shit, the Bitcoin maximalists have it right. Again, I can't speak for him, but it seems like he's having a... I don't want to say come to Jesus moment, but he's like really recognizing that Bitcoin and Bitcoiners really focus on a lot of the things we've talked about on this panel in terms of distribution of nodes, distribution of hash rate, like making sure things are um, robust against state attacks very seriously. People have laughed at us for years for taking this position. uh, But I think people are beginning to realize that it's for very uh, important reasons that people approach Bitcoin in this way.
3: What was the community that they started? Like Bitcoin focused or Bitcoin? Satoshi? Um, yeah, pro Bitcoin. There pro no, it's pro you. BTC. <laughs> yeah, pro. Can
1: I? I just, first of all, it's incredibly impressive that you didn't pee during that whole interview. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. And this is just, it's mostly bullshit. But when he, he doesn't ever call it Bitcoin, he just constantly calls it BTC. And it just triggers the fuck out of me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just weird. That that to me is just odd. It sounds like a filthy ticker, like well, it's some like sort of BCH, security. It's like BTC. I don't know. It's just it's it's like uh Yeah.
4: Yeah, he's uh I mean, to be somewhat fair to him, I think it even goes back to uh, the the last last cycle where uh, if I remember correctly, I was listening at one point to uh a podcast that he was on with the 3AC guys. And he was actually making a whole lot of sense. And I think during that period, was trying to get, although I'm sure he was still in, uh, it, like involved in all kinds of scammy shit, was making a very, very cogent uh, case for Bitcoin as being so vastly different uh, than, uh, than shit coins in terms of like he was making the case for like, you know, the, the Bitcoin, uh, the, 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 how Bitcoiners were literally willing to die on that flag. And how like uh, vastly different that was than uh, anything else that was happening on the state, uh, in, in the space. Um, so I think he gets it also, um, but he has uh, quite the hi- unfortunate history.
2: <laughs> He's like primarily the main guy responsible for Coinbase going from four assets yeah. to like 300, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen stuff just on that. I mean, during, especially when he was still there, like I saw coins, I I was like got an email from Coinbase or whatever in one of my emails wherever I had signed up for Coinbase at some point. And like, I was getting notices about coins being listed I'd never heard of. And like, that's my job to like know most of those coins. I mean, they literally,
5: like like, truly bonkers. Coinbase literally listed a coin called shitcoin at one point. I'm pretty positive.
3: (laughs) The best part was the emails that they gave you as like, hey, come to our platform, learn about this new oh, coin. Yeah. We'll give you
4: some. Well and this is <laughs> that, this was, that was the that that earn. that's what they bought. A pivoted uh, 21.co the, to earn and then uh plug that, that into That is Coinbase. a particularly
2: insidious product too because they're getting those coins from the projects. So the project treasuries are giving we're giving Coinbase the supply so that they could drip it out and like create new like holders of these random altcoins. Like it's this, that's dirty. Incredibly predatory. And then it does, it
1: does come down to like this, this concept. Like if someone gets it and then still actively scams, is that worse than someone that doesn't get it and almost inadvertently scams or is it better?
5: Uh, I think it's worse.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I have to agree.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. but there
2: can be redemption arcs I think that's possible I like I think I don't know that he's on one but I mean that. I think it seems to me I believe people can change yeah
5: yeah like the machine I don't want to talk to him about like the machine payable web and like now like it makes sense with lightning and I think a lot of people got into shit coinery I think did so out of impatience like again Going you know, back to the machine payable web in 2015, you literally couldn't do microtransactions on-chain, particularly in a high-fee environment. And if somebody wants that in the market and it's not possible on-chain, they go somewhere else thinking it can be produced there. Um, it's really a game of patience where now it's viable, it's possible. And maybe people realize that, like, oh, shit, I should have been patient and come back.
4: But I think I, I think from that I think one of the, like for me, one of the uh, requirement probably for an actual redemption act from from anyone would be to put their money where their mouth is uh, and not just like talk about it on, on podcasts. So if Balaji, rather than trolling about million dollar contests on Twitter, would uh, start sending million dollars to Bitcoin open source development, then I might start giving him a chance. Cheers to that. Next question.
1: No more questions. All right, show's over. See you guys later. Wow. Everyone's, everyone's waiting for oh, move we move. We got Paul, Paul bringing, Tom's bringing you a mic. Uh, what's worse, uh, KYC with uh, WorldCoin or with Twitter? <laughs>
2: WorldCoin, by far. They scan your iris. Yeah, I don't like the iris <laughs> scan. You know, they argue. I, have you read on their website? They argue very vociferously that they only store the hash. No, I don't think that really matters because the hash basically is your iris anyway. If they you, use the same algo, right? You you can't
1: verify it because right. the orb is uh, is supposed to be tamper resistant. So if you if you try and inspect the orb, uh, it will stop working. So you, there's yeah. no way if you look at an orb. If okay. there's an orb there that's scanning your eyeball, there's no way for you to verify like kill, what's actually it's going on. Like it a
2: self-destruct if you open it up or something. <laughs> no, we just wear colored so, contacts. But what's you the can't, do? I hate biometrics for security because you can't change them when they're compromised, right? Like, that's my main issue.
4: And I, I think, I mean, we might have this conversation if Twitter was going to third world countries trying to sell blue checks to poor people. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think he's gotten that desperate yet. So definitely WorldCoin. Yeah.
1: But they, they could be one and the same at some point. They
2: absolutely could. I, I think Elon and Sam don't like each other. too. Well, what the about point where? I mean, clear, you know, like at the airport. Oh, yeah. Like they the, they they hire in New York, there are like 20, 22 year olds standing around harassing you to scan your eyeballs. And they're a private company that has yes, like this government well, sanctioned monopoly. They're actually a publicly traded company, which is even weirder to me. But yes, it's not government, it's some vent. They're a vendor. Yeah, they're well, that's just classic company. American. Surveillance capitalism. Well, it's, right? it's, it's, it's coming like, everywhere. Like not. Right. I mean, the
5: Nashville airport. The last time I left here, I'll find out on Saturday if it's still there. I imagine it is. But yeah, I had to scan my face to fucking go through security. Not clear. That was no. That was just, the, just government,
1: the government straight up. Yeah, getting you. I guess that's better. Yeah, that's the other thing.
4: Like, don't they have that already in some airports where like you can man. actually check your ticket? You like you can. Literally, yeah,
5: Newark like, here. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing. Like, it's like. They have all this information anyway. At least the government does. But is that
1: that's is that on an airline basis or is that no, TSA? No, just getting the TSA. Isn't
4: that Peter's? Like, isn't that all going through volunteer uh, really? that stuff? Probably, imagine, right? Yeah. But yeah.
1: You, you noticed that last time you were flying out of Nashville. Yeah, last month. Huh. You dropped me off at the airport. I did. What? A, <laughs> what a good co-host. Yeah. If only you
2: knew what he would encounter.
1: Um, <laughs> I haven't noticed that's fucked up I haven't noticed that but I, I expect it it should be expected
3: yeah um you don't do really any- fly out of Nashville anymore right we just all come to you <laughs> <laughs> everyone's a scammer do we have any other questions Rod
4: Rod's got him chained down here never <laughs> leaving. no more questions
1: <clears throat> great panel guys uh, or, sorry, not panel, RHR, you know. Uh, what was one big takeaway from today, whether it was a panel uh, talk or just an experience from each of you guys?
5: Uh, disclaimer. We invested in Primal, but I thought Million's presentation and the fact that they open source everything. I'm really excited to see like that trend in Nostra, particularly of like open sourcing at this stage of that protocol's life cycle, to see what that does for the overall environment whether or not that accelerates the growth of Nostra as a product protocol. Companies like Primal building robust infrastructure, whether it be a client or a caching system, and if that throws fuel in the fire.
2: Um, the, I love the AI panel. I, there was something I'm not going to say. Like, it's not really Bitcoin-related, but like I've been wondering about when the AI's the LLMs train themselves, and then they all start spitting out the information to us, and then we all start using that. No one writes anything anymore, do they? Like, what do they end up training on in the future? Do they train on their own? Like, you know what I mean? Like, does do we lose all knowledge yeah, that's over a, time? That's because, like a
5: that's like a very well discussed problem. Yeah, you know, right. I've heard. Like, I've oh, heard you know, this, they're just yeah. like feeding
2: on GPT three. Yeah, and they yeah. start like training on each other. And I, I was like, I, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I was. It, was, yeah, it came just, to my mind during that panel. It just it was really turns into good. the Tower of Babel. In the digital exactly. World. Yeah. Um, also, just like this, my second time at the park and just like incredibly high signal friends and, and attendees at these things. It's just great. Uh, awesome.
4: Yeah, I was just generally happy to um, hear a lot of like generally seeing a lot of the builders here being very conscious of uh, the trade-offs in terms of like all the the tough conversation around privacy and, and things like that, you know, things that, uh, conversations that in different sphere of this very industry, the Bitcoin industry aren't very much addressed. Uh, and I think we've got a fantastic crew of like hackers and pirates here who are very conscious of the choice that they make when designing their products. And that's extremely bullish because, uh, there are uh, suits coming for your Bitcoins and for your identity. And we need to keep the ball rolling uh, in every respect, uh, as far as that's concerned. And I uh, was just generally very happy to see that uh, I think everyone's aligned, mostly. Everyone's aligned on that here.
3: I was stoked to finally get the miniscript cold card Mark IV demo from Rob. Uh, you know, I've been pushing miniscript in the industry for a while while I was at Blockstream. Uh, towards the end of last year. And then Rob ended up being the perfect guy to kind of uh, get the baton pass from the protocol developers as an app dev to serve something that the market would want. So I'm really excited to see how uh, Anchor watches, insurance products take off. Uh, the demo looked really slick. Uh, Remind me a lot of like what Alicos has made like with BDK or Bitcoin Magical Wallet back in the day. Um, so yeah it was, it was just really cool and uh, to finally see our cold card do the miniscript stuff it was interesting um, I'm, I'm a sales guy I'm technical but like I I didn't have any miniscript transaction to sign or like anything to audit so to actually see the full flow that Rob made it was awesome
4: yeah bullish on L1 All, uh, lots of love for Lightning but extremely bullish Absolutely. also on L1
1: Um. I'm incredibly bullish on L1 and Lightning. Um, I I mean, I would just add that uh, at at the park, we have a no photo and no video policy, but conversations are recorded audio only. Some of the panelists, speakers can choose if they uh, release those, if it gets published or not. Um, But if they do get published, they get published to the Bitcoin Park podcast feed. You can just search Bitcoin Park in your favorite podcast app. Um, To me, the best part about all of these events is just, is just physical, you know, look people in the eyes, um, shake people's hands, have a conversation over a nice cold beer. Um, at the end of the day, it's, like, it's super easy to get lost in, in this idea that Bitcoin and the greater freedom tech movement is a, um, is, is a tech project, uh, but it's, it's ultimately a freedom movement of individuals and it comes down to the individuals to actually push it forward. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you all for, for being here. Um, should we, should we go to the rooftop and Broadway or let's go to the rooftop at Broadway. Let's give a shout out to Matt and Rod for, yeah. I
5: know. I mean, I say this at every live show, but it is incredibly special when we get people together in person. Like Alex, this is the second time I've met you. It's like an awesome hanging out. I see you all the time in Austin, Alex Thorne. This is probably fourth or fifth time hanging up. but it's so much more productive. And you do, like, again, we are, I believe, on a virtuous mission to make sure the Bitcoin and Freedom Tech succeeds. And it's just invigorating getting in person with everybody that's working on this goal.
3: I like the attitude that you guys have. I've been noticing it here in the park too, where uh, a lot of people feel like Bitcoin's done, you know, like we already won. And I think a lot of us here feel like, no, there's, a lot yeah. more work to be done. Yep, and like we can't ever take that for granted. Love that attitude.
1: Hundred percent agree. And I would just add that uh, in Tennessee, you're allowed to drink on buses, so consider grabbing a roadie
4: uh, from Sick. the
1: cooler on the way out. Amazing.
5: It's very
4: important.
1: Great I hope
5: somebody says some barbecue outside because I'm pretty hungry.
0: I got two ghosts for you guys
5: in the back. Thank you. Thank
4: you guys. Peace and love for you. Cheers. Experience. Thank you guys.